Welcome to the latest episode of the Streamline Podcast, coming to you live from Austin, Texas during South by Southwest. It seemed like a good idea at the time, but if you hear some music going in the background, you'll know exactly why. The good news is as well, it's not just me here. I'm joined by my good friend Rosie, who's part of an electronic duo out of Australia called Feels. Hi, Rosie. Hello. How you going? Really good, really good. I'm so glad we got to meet up. It's crazy because the last time we met was at EMC, the Electronic Music Conference in Sydney, Australia. And um, I, I saw your performance and I just went, it is just so much fun and, and there's so much energy and, and the amount of talent and just everything that was going on and your, your branding, your look, it's just all on point. And <laughs> it's a bit of a sensory overload, I think, on stage <laughs> with like the sticks flying and the colours and then the music being kind of weird in itself. <laughs> it, exactly. And, and it, it, it just works so well. I, I know that we, we've kept in touch since and obviously I'm, I'm a fan of your music as well and uh, always supporting any, any opportunity I get and um, spreading the good word. But I'm glad we got to connect today because what I'd like to do is introduce you to the audience and um, more importantly, let you tell your story. By that, I mean you can tell as much or as little of the story as you would like, but I'd love to know sort of what got you to the point right now, what you're excited about and any, anything that you'd like to share. So I'm going to hand it yeah. over and I'm going to sit back and... <laughs> cool. Okay. Well, yeah, interject at any time. Uh, <laughs> I started playing drums when I was 10. So I was playing drum kit, I was playing percussion. Okay. Um, I was learning at school and all throughout my learning, I essentially like, I, from the earliest point that I can remember, I was like, this is the coolest thing ever and I want to be a professional musician. Mm -hmm. And even before I started learning drums, I was playing piano and my mom said I would just like constantly be putting on performances. I was just obsessed with the whole performance thing, right? And I was learning classical music. That was, like, what okay. I was doing. Yeah. So I was also doing jazz, though, so it was kind of weird. Jazz and classical. Doing jazz drums, playing classical percussion, and I actually went to a uh, university, so WAPA, which is the West Australian Academy of Performing Arts, mm -hmm. um, to study classical percussion. Okay. Yes. Wow. <laughs> so I wanted to be in an orchestra. That's, like, what I wanted to do. I wanted to be at the back with the crash cymbals, like, counting, like, 200 bars, big crash, you know, or, like, playing timpani. Uh, <laughs> um, I was really intent on doing that for a long time. And then partway through my study, I actually started playing in other people's bands. So I was playing like contemporary stuff on the side, uh, a lot of electronic bands. Okay. So I was doing like live percussion in their bands and then some triggering stuff as well. And I started going on tour and stuff in Europe, in Paris and like some places in France. And and then I was coming back to uni and then, like, running in to do classical performances, you know. So it was, like, these two worlds that I was moving at the same time, you know, parallel universes that wow. I was jumping between. <laughs> and then at some point I remember being in a classical rehearsal or and just being like, this is not what I want to do anymore. It just didn't... I didn't have that spark, like, that really exciting feeling that I would get... Uh, when I would play and be like, yes, this is this is awesome. I feel so good. You know, I didn't have that anymore with classical, and which I thought was like was super sad. But I was like, cool, all right, I'm gonna finish my degree because there are so many parts of that degree that were really awesome. You know, like the discipline, the training, the technique, um, which you can that translates to everything in music. Like, and I think it's really great to have a classical underpinning. And so I finished that, and then I started a band with Elise. Mm -hmm. So 
Elise was also studying at a different university. She was studying composition okay. um, and percussion as well. So we got together on a, a casual like afternoon. She comes, you know, she's like, come to my house. Uh, I want to show you some stuff I've been writing on Ableton. And I was like, cool, I've seen Ableton before. I haven't really used it that much. And this is where it, like, it all started, where she would be like, oh, yeah, I recorded all these sounds with like, my hairbrush and like, this paper bag and like, <laughs> we can make this beat. And I was like, oh, yeah, and then what about this? We could add this like, triangle thing that's like, not even a triangle. Oh, my God, you can make sounds with this program. You know, I had no idea the yep. capabilities of Ableton. I, just, I saw it as like a live looping tool, which is so funny because it's so much more than that. Yeah. <laughs> and... Um, that's actually when we started writing music as feels. And it was six months after that, we put a label on it, said, shit, we need to come up with a band name. Yeah. Like, ASAP, because we wanted to make, start making profiles and putting music out. Yeah. And I think our first stuff, we actually just, like, uploaded it to SoundCloud, and that was it. That was okay. how we released music in the, yeah. in the start. Um, and then, eventually, we got, uh, after six months of playing as well live, we got... Um, Oh, I'll explain this live set as well. We actually kind of combined the classical vibe of having lots of acoustic instruments and then also electronics. So, like, I was playing an SPD SX, which, like, every band on the earth has now in their setup. Uh, but I was also had, like, toms. I had triangles. I had shakers. I had some, like, you know, some really typical auxiliary percussion that I was involving. And Elise was using a push too. Okay. Um, so it was a bit of a mix of the both. And... We were playing uh, for six months until we got a email from... We started talking to a label in Melbourne. It was um, a indie label, Spirit Level, which okay. is Gautier and Tim Shields' label. Um, and they ended up signing us, and we released our first EP under them in 2017. Awesome. Yeah, which was really cool, especially because we, we just were, like, throwing music online, being like, I don't know how this works. Like, go, <laughs> see what happens. Um, and, and, you know, Gautier seems to be doing okay. Yeah, you, yeah, you, he you seems know, to do um, <laughs> that, that, That's a pretty amazing starting point right there as far yeah. as you signing the first EP, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was crazy. And it was definitely, like, this kind of interesting EP that still had this, like, rooted, like, you can hear in the composition it's very it's classical in the way that it's, like, approached, but a lot of the sound design is not typically classical or anything. So that was definitely a little bit interesting. And then... After about a year with Spirit Level, we actually started our own label, which at the same time as we were doing feels and we were playing, you know, heaps of gigs, we started to notice that there was a lack of women in our community. So we played a few live gigs and we were like, oh, there, there's this person, there's that person, that's great. And then we we're like, wait a minute, where are the, all the other women, you know? What's going on there? Like where... I'm sure they exist. I know they do, you know, and I'm sure they're like, you know, writing beats in their bedroom or whatever, but why, why are we not seeing them on stage with us? And that's when we decided to start this Facebook group where we invited people, like we would target them based on this like zero knowledge, just being like, oh, you like electronic music? Like maybe <laughs> like, <laughs> you should come to my studio and we should hang out and talk about Ableton. So we started this thing once a month and people actually came which was like a big surprise to us cool. um, and we didn't know them which was even cooler you know they weren't just like friends feeling sorry for us <laughs> and we we bought wine and cheese to like you know lure them in and make sure like oh it's cool we got wine like everything's gonna be great and we started our first ever one meetings and so we would do like free lectures on Ableton and I think back then it was much more free like you know, we would freeform. We would get people to just get up and talk about their music, show some stuff on. We had, like, a projector on the wall. Cool. Yeah, basically we just nerd out, yeah. which was really cool. And from that, 
we've done, been doing it now for two years and we just started doing meetings all the time and eventually this group grew from five people to there's like a Facebook group of almost 600 people now that are involved in the community online and the active community in meetings. We've got like, you know, 30 to 50 people coming to these meetings now and we also take it around, uh, around Australia, around the world. We've done Perth, we've done Sydney, stuff in Melbourne. We've also done New Zealand, so technically that counts now yep, <laughs> as yep. international. And so, yeah, we had this thing running on the side of our artist project. So we both of us ran both things. And it got to a point when we realised that we weren't just unable to use a group we were actually a booking agent because we started facilitating people's gigs people were coming to us to say hey womp like we want to put on the show who do you recommend and like we were essentially like working for free for ages without realizing it but you know that's how we were getting experience yeah all of a sudden we're like let's put a label on this let's put a name to what we do you know got a fancy website it was you know one of our want members is a web designer which was really cool oh, how, con- how convenient <laughs> oh yeah. very convenient there are some seriously talented people in this group that have, yes. uh, you know they've all really put in to help make one what it is now but we kind of realized oh we're already doing that let's just do it officially you know so we started a booking agent we've got about nine people signed to that and we started a record label so then what we ended up doing is releasing our own music via our own label because yes. yeah i just think it was something that felt so right we learned so much from with working with Spirit Level. It was really great. I think that obviously we wouldn't have been able to do it without working with a label first. Yeah. Because we didn't know what we were doing, as I said, when we started. Yeah. And I think literally everything, you know, apart from the training that I've had in my instrument, everything that I've learned in the industry has just been through doing it. And so we're at this point now where we're playing South by Southwest, which has been, you know, one of our biggest goals in our career. Yep. Um, and last year was a really big year for us. We won three West Australian Music Awards. Wow. Congratulations. Uh, thank you. That was... Uh, no, not just one. Yeah, you know, not you one. You could just take one home. Oh, you got two more there? Oh, my well, God. We'll it was, take those as well. It was actually so... It was the biggest shock ever because we didn't expect it. And the funniest part was, like, we got one and then we were walking off stage and then they were like, you got to get back on stage. You just won another award. And we were like, <laughs> oh, what do we do? Like, it was great. So we won for Best Electronic Live Act which was really cool because we've been working so hard on our live show. It was it was awesome to have recognition for that. Um, the other one was for Best Electronic Producer, and the other one was for the label. So we won Label of the Year. Wow. Yeah, which was just like a shock because we'd only been going for you know, eight, eight months at that point. Wow. So it was big, and then we also did, we did a TEDx talk last year about WOMP and the work we've done with that, which we can go into later, I guess, if you want to know more. But yeah. um. I'm like, have I, I've probably missed heaps of stuff. But yeah, um, our, our live set, actually, I will talk about that, changed massively as well. So we've moved away from that really like classical vibe. We were trying to be like, oh, so different. And oh, what about this sounds? Now it's actually just like, it's all about, it's all about the driving rhythms. It's all about almost like a DJ set approach to how we do stuff now. Okay. So it's like a 40 minute live set doesn't stop there are transitions between the tracks so we treat it very much like BPM matching the tracks and then figuring out what key everything's in and then flowing seamlessly wow that's like what we like to do and then I play all the drums live uh, on my SPD I have like 11 drum pads set up now actually and then Elise plays a four and a half octave electronic marimba called a mallet cat uh, with four mallets and so yeah she plays like bass lines, pads, leads, and whatever, you know, and all the programming's done via Ableton Live. So she doesn't have to press buttons. It's all the programming is done. So she'll switch instruments throughout the set. Awesome. That's really and cool. That's like <laughs> where we're at, I think. <laughs> I, I mean, 
that's that's kind of mind blowing how much you've done in how little time. I mean, when I when I met you, I I could tell that you've been in music for a long time because of the stage presence, the, the talent, you know, all, all of that. You don't learn that overnight. But I had no idea how quickly everything else took off for you. Obviously, you found and you found a need, and yeah. and you you found artists that are awesome and, and, and needed to reach an audience and you help them to do that and as a result you won multiple awards yeah and, um, I think it's like that's amazing I'm just like obsessed you know it's <laughs> like this as I said I was like a weird kid I was obsessed with the concept of like being the musician being a performer but I think not only that but I love working with people and I feel like yeah. that's almost why I was a drummer as well because it wasn't about me being at the front of the stage playing which is now I am, which is weird for me, kind of in a way. But I love playing, making music with people. But I love working and like lifting everyone up together. Yeah. I just have loved that team vibe, and that's like why I'm not a solo artist. Why I work with Elise, and why I work with Womp. You know, it's like I I'm obsessed with what I do, but I'm also I'm obsessed with music. So yeah. it's kind of like yeah, it seems it's really weird to think about how short amount of time it is now. But yeah, like basically kill myself over it <laughs> but you know working hard but that's like that's what's what it's about that, that's really cool and it's one it's one of those things you know when one of us win when one of us mm. wins we all win absolutely and, and, and it's so true because you're all helping each other so it yeah. doesn't matter who in the group has something great happen everyone yeah. is happy for them yeah and, and you know that it just keeps coming back so when one of those artists gets booked on a significant tour and they, and yeah. they look for a support act they're probably going to look to one of you and, and say you know, you're ready. Let's go. Yeah. You know, and and that's that's what I love is with you know the, the artist community. There's these little groups that are forming now where they're actually doing just that. They're actually supporting each other. You know, because the music industry on on the other side of this can get kind of lonely at times, especially yeah. if you're just sitting in the studio by yourself producing music all night on a Saturday night. It, it's nice to know that there's other people doing the same thing, mm-hmm. and it's also nice to know that there's people out there that that are excited for you and willing to help you as well. And, um, you know, that time that you, you spent at home that even when you could have yeah. went out, it, you know, it, it was worthwhile. And um, Oh, yeah. A lot of sacrifices like that. Oh, yeah. For sure. And it is Definitely. nice to know that other people are doing the same thing. They're working hard as well. They're not just out partying or, like, having a good time, but, or like, you know, they're working hard producing music, as you said. Yeah. Exactly. You know, I, I know you've mentioned Womp and touched on that a little bit already, but could you tell us more about Womp, I, I guess, sort of uh, future goals as well as yeah. to like what, where, where you'd like to take it? Totally. So we actually, the, as I said, the main goal was it was an Ableton user group. So there was one in Perth already, but we were going to it and we noticed that there weren't a lot of women coming. And there was a certain vibe that we did notice. There was a, there was a lot of men there. And there was this a sense almost of competition. Mm. Like people would get up and show a track and people would immediately try and take them down for like, oh, you didn't side chain that properly. Or, oh, blah, blah, blah. You know, and it was just like a bit weird because it's like, this is a community meeting. We're meant to be saying like, you know, helping each other. And there yeah. is a way to do that without, you know, taking people down, which I don't know. That's like a whole nother conversation in itself about masculinity, perhaps. I don't know. But I noticed like I don't get... That doesn't affect me so much because I've had that my whole life with being a drummer. You know, like, I've been the only female drummer in lots of situations. So, right. for me, it's always been that kind of, like, people treat it like, oh, yeah, you don't really know what you're doing at soundcheck. And then I'm like, yeah, we'll just wait until I play and then you can shut up, you know. <laughs> Which almost, like, put that fire under my butt, you know, to be... Yeah. It helps me to, to work really hard because I wanted to prove people wrong. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know, is that evil? <laughs> no, I, I think that's great. I mean, 
you turn that negative energy into mm. a positive and that drives yeah. you to go, I'm going to smash this yeah. and you are going to feel so dumb. Yeah, totally. And, and that's like, I'll never say uh, to people, you know, that, oh, it's so hard being a woman in the industry. Like, it's different. It's challenging. But I also think we have an advantage because of that, you yeah. know, to like, to say, well, I'm going to show you, you know, and I'm going to work. And at the end of the day, we have to work harder. But does that, that maybe makes you, that makes you a better musician, in my opinion. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And for any yeah. musician out there, but mm -hmm. especially like you said, I mean, I can't speak from experience, mm. of course, but... From what I've seen, I, it's definitely harder for yeah. you know, women in the industry to really get out there because, you know, obviously there's a whole bunch of different reasons out there. Yeah, but it, it's, um, like you said, masculinity is part yeah. of it. Some some people just, you it's know, they're, like they're, they're, like they're geared that way in their head. They, <laughs> yeah. they think that way and, and it's just... sad. And it's like, it's yeah. also hard for men. Like, it's not like saying it's harder for one person, it's harder for other people. Like, we've got to also recognise, like, our privilege and where, where we individuals come from and... Everyone's had a different experience, but also I think one of the core things is the recognition. Like, it's hard for women to just be immediately, when they walk into the studio, you know, it's not like, oh, if they're the producer, you know, people don't necessarily treat them like the producer immediately. Mm. Like, I had this, it's like, you know, awful stories about, like, talented female producer of mine walking into a writing session where she was producing for this artist who thought that she was the assistant and asked her to get him a coffee oh. and I know like cringe and she did it and she came back and she was you know to be funny and then was like okay cool so let's start your track now and she he was like what you know and he realized uh. <laughs> you know stuff like that it's just it's mental but anyways the reason we started WOMP was yes. we noticed that women weren't not everyone was able to really combat these issues head on and stay stay confident so we thought let's create a safe space where people don't have to put up that wall because a lot of people were coming to this thing never ever have showed anyone their music in their life they were a bedroom producer like the definition of you know yeah uh, no one you know their friends don't even know what Ableton is or like if they use it and they would come and show us a track and they would be super nervous they get up in front of everyone and we have two rules and it's one do not apologize so you're not allowed to get up and go oh it's not good enough oh it's not finished it's like whatever it is it's this is what you're showing be proud of it yeah and the second rule is don't talk over your track because yeah. people love to go oh but then there's a guitar solo here and just like you know like shush and let me enjoy it because it's literally all the time it's it's always amazing yeah so it's it's been really cool to see these artists come in and being at that really new point showing their music being super blown away because you can't tell by looking at people what they produce so that's like my favorite part is like oh what's this gonna be you know and then from there what we would do is uh for the rest of the meeting you know we'd have lectures we would talk about very specific topics to teach people because we noticed that the biggest thing was actually it's the education it's giving people a pathway to learn yeah and that's the pathway is the biggest thing we've noticed with our work with WAMP is it that's not there for women trans non-binary producers to actually learn because they don't think that they can you know right. so our goal then was to start we started doing showcases where we would hold gigs and put on a mixture of a lineup of an experienced person someone who was working their way in the industry and then someone who was brand new so the first slot would always be an opener yep. of someone who played a track at the meeting so we would give them this kind of want pathway where we say you play the track at the meeting then we go awesome that was so cool okay when are you going to play live and they'll we'll say pick a month and they'll choose a, a deadline because deadlines are we all know are <laughs> extremely important for productivity yeah, absolutely <laughs> and then from there we would give them their first gig 
And so a lot of people now we've seen have come from not using Ableton at all, being a singer-songwriter that was paying some dude like $1,000 a track to produce something they didn't even want at the end of the day, which was really sad for them. And go, cool, come in, learn how to use Ableton with us, then go away, work on it yourself, come back, play us a track, and then figure out how to do a live set, which we can also help with, and then play your first gig. And from there, we saw people do that and then go on to release their own EPs, which they are all completely self-produced. So wow, it's been, yeah, it's been amazing. And it's like, amazing. it's easy to talk about all these things and be like, oh, this thing was great and this thing was great. But at the West Australian Music Awards, which we just talked about uh, before, we actually had a look into some numbers uh, within our own community about the actual growth. And there's not a lot of studies on women electronic music mm. in Australia. And we noticed this when we were doing the study for our TED talk, uh, the TEDx talk in Perth, because we really wanted to get some stats, you know, to talk about, you know, the legitimacy of what we're doing. And there's not a lot of studies, but what we could find is that in the whole world, only 5% of producers are female. Wow. Yeah, which is, like, staggering. <laughs> I mean, you know it's going to be bad, right? But that's pretty 5%. bad. Yeah, and so, and what we, we were focusing on there is, Imagine how much music you're missing out on, you know, how many people's perspectives you're not getting, you know, and what we wanted to look at was what, okay, what about our community? So in 2017, the nominations for electronic artists at the Wham Awards were female, there were 12, 17% were female, Mm -hmm. Um, and in 2018, there were 52%. Okay. Actually, 57. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and wow. they were all all want members. So That's awesome. So it's actually completely, the scale is like being tipped now, which is incredible. That must be pretty amazing to see how much of an impact you've made. Massive. It's like we were shocked, <laughs> you know, especially because the point of this group was to hang out and talk about music production. Yeah. You know, in like a safe environment. That was, it wasn't, it was never like, let's take over the world and like make all these impressions on people's lives. Like there was never like some goal, you know? And I feel like almost like with our artist project as well, like we just wanted to write music. Like it seems that most things now for me and Elise have been starting something with like a really simple goal and then it kind of just snowballs and then we we run with it. So yeah. That's... (laughs) Well, that's really cool. I mean, to actually be able to see some numbers in in an industry where there was really no research, no studies done Mm. before as well, and to know how much of a change you made is is insane. What was it, nearly 50% jump? Yeah, it's like over 50, yeah, which is, it is crazy. And and so you said, correct me if I'm wrong, 54% female? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's insane. Yeah. Yeah. Like... You, you, you've managed to even things out in that respect. Yeah, and in That's... like a short amount of time. And this is like our point was with what we've done and like, you know, all these meetings have all been, we just give our time for free, we teach people free. That's what we wanted to do. But it's a simple, simple business model. If you yeah. look at it really, like start something and this can be, you can actually put this across anything, yeah. any product, any business, any problem almost, you know, within, within a business, you can say, cool, let's create an environment where if we're seeing a lack in something where people can feel safe to learn, give them the pathway. So give them more steps that they can take to progress and then you will see results. Yeah. You know, like that's, it's, you can pick that model up and move it around to anywhere. Like it's, and, it, and it's funny, um, for a lot of these artists, it started with actually letting somebody hear your music mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and 
you know, don't be shy, don't be embarrassed. Yeah, absolutely. The, the worst thing that someone could do, especially in a group like that where you're obviously you're very respectful of each other, mm. the worst thing that someone could do is say, it, it's not the greatest, but here's why. Yeah. And give you some feedback to make it better. Yeah. I mean, I mean, nobody should mess with your creativity. You've got the idea there, but it could be a case of, like you said, it could be a side chain is slightly out of place and, and it's doing this weird kind of bounce effect yeah. that just doesn't, doesn't, isn't going to work um, yeah. in, in, the, in the final master or it could be the vocals are too low or whatever, you know, or, or the way that. they cut it. Yeah, um, we've had that. People saying, oh, like, the reason you have that problem is because of this and they go, oh, my God, thank you. Exactly. You know? <laughs> like, that's why they're there. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, if, if I give somebody constructive feedback and, mm. and, of course, constructive is the most important part Absolutely. of it. Absolutely. I hope that they know that it's to help them and most of yeah. the time they realise. I mean, if somebody doesn't want to accept it, that's fine. Yeah. But at the same time, in one year, they may come back to me and go, you know what, I appreciate you giving me that feedback. I was too proud or, you know, <laughs> whatever the reason. Yeah. I, didn't, I, I, I didn't want somebody to tell me that this song I spent six weeks on needed some more work. Yeah, because it's close to you. That's it, the hard thing with exactly. music. Like it's, you're so close to it. Your face is like, you're, you know... It's your life, it's your project, it's so from you that it's hard for then, you know, people to come and say, oh, you know, this, this, this. But I do feel like we are all constantly learning. You yeah. can't you can't know music, you can't go tick, like, done, I've done music. You know, yeah. it's a constantly evolving thing and a learning process, I find too. So, yeah, I'm always open to that. You know, if someone's like, oh, I watched you play and I have some tips or, or I heard your music and I thought about this, I'm like, cool, what do you got? Like, yeah. let's talk about it. <laughs> Bring it on. I mean, yeah. if I can, hey, if I can learn something, that's awesome. That's great. You know, <laughs> exactly. And look, you know, even if the feedback isn't as well received, but I see that they still did yeah. what, what I suggested. Yeah. I go, that, that's cool. If that helps yeah. them, that's that's totally fine. Yeah. But, you know, I I wanted to help them, and and I mm. achieved it. You know, mm -hmm. and you never expect anything in return. It's just, no. I I like your music, or I I care about your music. I care about you. I yeah. want to help. Yeah. What you do with it from here is on you. Yeah. But, you know, I've, I've given you some feedback that could potentially help you if you want to take it on board. Yeah, yeah. That's really cool. I love the whole community vibe and how it's like a little family. I feel like it I've is. said this about a lot of people in the industry <laughs> recently, but it really, it really is, you know, power in numbers and, and mm -hmm. different people who have different skills and, and different opinions and yeah. really helping each other out as well. So, mm. um, mm -hmm. You've told the story and we've, we've talked about feels and I can't believe how quickly it all happened. Yeah. It, you know, obvi obviously it didn't happen quickly. You said, you know, classically trained, uh, yeah. you know, been playing music since the age of 10. Yeah. Um, so it didn't happen overnight. No. You, you, you were ready for it. But, and then of course, Womp and, mm -hmm. and, and the awards and, and the label and all of the good things. Yeah. Uh, and then that brings you to Austin, Texas. Yes. Where you so humbly said that you're doing not one, not two, but six showcases. Yes. Yes, we, wow. we hustled super hard <laughs> because we're coming all the way from Perth, Western Australia. And if, if people, I mean, some people might know, but that is a 24-hour block of flying <laughs> to get yep. here. And, like, obviously not to mention the money, you know. So it's, uh, we wanted to make the most of it. So, yes, yeah, six. I'm like, oh, I've really put myself in it now. It's exhausting. <laughs> and how many have you done so far? We've done two. Okay. So we've got the bulk of it coming as of tonight, it's kind of going to snowball from there. <laughs> and I know that you were sharing a story which is probably becoming more and more common nowadays with artists uh, relating to your equipment. <laughs> yes. And uh, would you like to share that? I would actually because it's, it's like funny now at the time. <laughs> essentially the most stressful thing that has ever happened to me. I can 
I can say that confidently. Uh, we were on a flight to what well, we were meant to be to from LA to Austin, and we were there super early. Everything was fine. Had all the gear. We got four pieces, right, of pretty big gear, and we were not allowed on our flight. We missed it because the airline screwed up and told us the wrong boarding time, and oh. we were in a different part of the airport because we were, and we were literally just there like two and a half hours early. Like that, you know, we were so organized. This wow. doesn't happen to us. <laughs> so that happened. Uh, they told us your gear will be in LA. It'll be fine. We get uh, sorry, it'll be in Austin when you get there. I'm like, we're like, great. How are we going to get there? Fly us to San Antonio. I was just looked on Google Maps. Like, I don't know. I've never been to the US in my life. Yep. So I'm looking on Google Maps at the front desk. Like, okay, send me to San Antonio. I can look at that window just there. That flight is leaving in seven minutes. I reckon I can get an Uber to Austin just in time to pick up my bags. Wow. I reckon we can do it. You know, it was just like crazy. And the guy's like, okay, sure, whatever you want. We get on this flight get to Austin I'm calling baggage in the Uber and this like poor guy who didn't realize he had to drive from San Antonio to Austin until he picked us up <laughs> you know wow. they don't see like where they're getting to and the bags weren't there they told us it was locked you can't get in you're gonna have to come back tomorrow morning we come back the lady goes no nah, your bags aren't here they're actually we've got three of them but your fourth bag isn't guess what that is the four and a half octave mallet cat that we use oh, no. which is actually like a kind of a one and a kind instrument you can't just get it in a shop you can yep. order it in it takes ages and we're thinking at this point oh my god they've lost it our shows are gone we're gonna have to we had a show that night we're gonna have to cancel it all this work we've done in the toilet you know before we've even started and it turns out after i showed her a picture of our cases because we have these pink hard cases okay. they're like you cannot miss them like you gotta see this later it's crazy <laughs> she goes something like snapped in her brain and she goes oh my god and she takes me back to the place where we're not allowed to go because she felt so bad. She's covered it with a hockey stick bag and forgotten about it. Oh. Moves it over and there it is. The oh. instrument. It's just been sitting there for hours. And then she bursts into tears. Wow. Um, and then she actually told us that her dad passed away just like the day before. And she was really upset, obviously like in heaps of grief. And she yeah. probably just didn't, you know, oh, where's my bag, where's my bag? She's like, oh, it's not here, you know, like, and she, and so we hug and we're, like, crying and it's, like, this scene from a movie. Where oh, wow. <laughs> it was pretty funny. I mean, at the time, not funny at all and, like, as I said, incredibly stressful, but now I'm, like, it's hilarious. <laughs> okay, I did not know that part of the story. I know, I and, kept, um, I kept. The <laughs> you, wow. I just, um. I, I mean, it, at least at the end, it was a good ending and it's, mm. a, it's a good story. And obviously, um, her news was heartbreaking. But uh, you know how nice that you were—you of course sympathised with her and oh, showed God. her some love. And she you're, you're so a human broken. being. Yeah, I you, mean, you, know. you could tell she she knew she made a huge mistake. And at this point, I was so relieved that I was like, I don't care. Like you poor thing. Like yeah. let's just go home. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy. Absolutely. I mean, and then of course. Here you are, and, and mm. you've done the sh two showcases, and the rest, mm -hmm. are, the rest are coming up. What's really cool is actually uh, we're recording this live at the uh, W Hotel, mm -hmm. which is where you're actually performing later today. Usually, I don't tell people when this podcast was recorded, yes. but for the sake of this episode, people need to know exactly where we're recording because there may be a little background noise at times with bands doing sound checks and things like that. <laughs> I, I mean, there's a lot happening here in Austin right now, so... Um, yeah, <laughs> but but it, but it was important for us to connect because uh, you know we've uh, with Rosie being back in Australia and uh, me confusingly now being based in California <laughs> but still having an Australian accent. There wasn't really many op 
opportunities mm-hmm. for us to connect unless I jumped back on a flight to Australia, which uh, just isn't quite possible right at this minute. No. Uh, 24 <laughs> hours of flying is only fun it does once things a year. to you. Does yeah. <laughs> it's bad. It, 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 do, it does stuff to you. That's a really, that's a good way of putting it. Absolutely. It messes with your head a little bit. There's oh, only yeah. so many movies you can watch before you've watched them all. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, um, See, that's why podcasts are good. Actually. Exactly, yes. Uh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> podcasts are great company and... Uh, yeah. And yeah. noise-cancelling headphones. Very essential travel items right there. <laughs> noise-cancelling headphones are essential. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, and... um. Not, not just for drowning out noise when you're watching a movie or just drowning out noise in general, but if you want to have a good night's sleep or, or at least a semi-good night's sleep I'm, on the I'm flight, like, you turn on the noise cancelling and you're out. I'm actually like an addict. I, I actually like want to start looking up, like, is, that even, is it even bad for you to wear them all the time? Because I'm seriously like every single night now I have to wear them to go to sleep because yeah. I'm so obsessed with them. It's done things to my ears. I love it. That's it. I mean, I, I wish there was a way to just permanently... Put the technology into my ears so you could just be walking down the street. So, you know, there's a whole bunch of uh, road noise and you're just drowning it out. Hello. That'd be fantastic. It's good. <laughs> Excellent. Well, I, I do see a bit of action happening around here mm-hmm. and I know that we do have to wrap this up very shortly and, um, and get out of here, most importantly, because, of course, you've got the showcase coming mm-hmm. up. But... Before I do that, is there anything that you would like to share with the listeners? It could be some advice. It could be a tip and a trick. It could be... And obviously... We're going to get some plugs in at the end for you oh, as well. Cool. But, oh, sweet. <laughs> but, but, but yeah. If we I can, do, actually. Go for it. I think um, it's easy to listen to an artist story and go like, oh, my God, wow, that's so cool. Or they're so lucky. Or they got so many opportunities. But I can, like... I used to think that, too, when listening to other people's almost, like, you know, their, their stories about their projects but I can tell you now it's don't ask don't get yeah that is literally how we've gotten everything exactly you know it's like what is the at the start I used to be so nervous sending emails (laughs) you know and being like what's the worst thing they can tell you though is no exactly yeah the the amount of times I've just been like hit someone up like hey can I come to you know Red Bull Studios and record for two weeks and they're like, yeah. It's yeah. like, what? You know, it's like almost like I laugh sometimes when I get the responses because I'm like, oh, my God. It's like almost a joke in my head, like, ah, oh, ha, ha. Like, imagine if they gave this to me. And, you know, like, people do. It's, it's something that I think as artists we really have to just be, like, shameless. Also, like, people aren't getting together at the end of a day and comparing emails and, like, being like, look at what this person sent me, ha, ha, ha. Like, you know. It's, exactly. It's everyone does it. And I think, like, let's not... I don't think it's anything to be shameful to talk. Like, we should talk about it, you know? Yeah. And, you know, as well, if you were to... Let's say you slide into someone's DMs and you try and mm. send them your track or, or whatever and they don't respond then. Yeah. They, they may come back six months later oh, and they yeah. may hear you somewhere else and guess what happens? They go to send you a message and they see that you've already hit them up. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's also go, follow up, you well, know? there you go. Yeah. Triple text. Why not? Exactly. <laughs> I mean... Um, but also be polite, you know. That's all, the other one of the things is you've got to be like, appeal to their human side. Like, yeah. I always uh, hit people up but also like, you know, be a human being. You know, <laughs> don't say like, exactly. here's my music, shove it down your throat, you know, like... People like like to read nice things. Exactly, and it kind of reminds me our, our mutual friend Dom Alessio. Mm. Um, when I when I first connected with him last year, uh, I was over in Nashville, and um, obviously his work now with Sounds Australia, really getting behind Australian artists and yeah. uh, 
trying to trying to take them to the world and and doing a fantastic job I must say but before that he worked for Triple J which for people listening outside of Australia Triple J is arguably one of the biggest radio stations because they broadcast all across the country and uh, they will they will take a take a punt on an artist and they will play an artist before anyone else does before commercial radio do I mean Flume got his first yeah. plays on Triple J mm-hmm. I think it was even one or two years before commercial radio got behind him and he'd already oh, yeah. won awards. He'd, he'd already put out, you know, the album was basically ready and then they finally got on board. And Dom, I was, you know, with my music, I was terrified to the point where I didn't know how to submit music to someone like Dom who mm-hmm. hosted a show, Home and Host, which mm-hmm. was all about Australian artists releasing Australian music and yeah. I was in Australia and an Australian <laughs> artist at the time. I asked him, I said, Dom, I was, I was terrified of sending you music and I, I didn't know how to do it and I didn't know if you'd respond. And he said, mate, I was on SoundCloud all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, people would just send me tracks uh, in the DM or they would get my email address. It wasn't that hard to work out. Yeah. However they sent me music, I, I would listen because that was my job, to listen to music. Yeah. And if there was a great track, I need to play it. I need to help yeah. this artist and I need to show showcase this music. Mm-hmm. And... Um, you know, I just kind of wanted to add that onto what you said. Yeah. Be, because it's exactly that. Had I gone back in time and actually just sent him that track that was already on SoundCloud or, yeah. or sent him an email yeah. when he was working there, at the very least he would have listened. And, totally. Um, it's like also these people are doing their jobs, obviously. They're, they're searching for music, they're listening, but you can't sit back and expect them just to find you, you know, or get discovered. It's like you really have to show... Here is like here is everything. Go and stuff. Make it easy for people. Exactly. You know, people are busy. <laughs> exactly, they are. They really are. And and you make it easy. You give them everything they need, and then they're gonna press play. And if yeah. they like it, everything else is there. Yeah, that's it. If they like it, yeah, things can change massively. You actually, I think Dom Dom Alessio played us for the first time on Triple J. Like he was the awesome. first presenter. It was a home and hose. Yeah, wow. There that's you cool. go. And uh, <laughs> for anyone that's listening, Dom Alessio is no longer working at Triple J. So don't go trying to find his email address and pitch him tracks for radio. (laughs) But that being said, Dom is a fantastic guy and I definitely (laughs) recommend following him on socials, especially if you're looking for breaking Australian artists because he has some of the best ears in the business as far as for for knowing what could potentially blow up and pop. And um, just a genuine nice guy as well. And, and, And supports anyone, anyone, as long as the music is good. He, that that's that's basically what he does. Yeah. And, and enough plugs for Dom now. Yeah, uh, yeah, you know, I, I mean, <laughs> I, I know that Dom was sort of the reason we first connected as well, so yeah. it, it makes sense to yeah, get... Yeah, we got a shout-out. You know, yeah, we, we got you a little <laughs> shout-out in there, Dom. So, uh, you know, there you go, mate. But uh, we do have to wrap this up because mm. um, it looks like the bar's going to open in a minute and uh, I Time. wouldn't mind a cold one. And uh, <laughs> it's going to get real loud in here. So just to end it, can you tell everyone where we can find Fuels online yeah. as and also Womp as well, of course? Yeah, of course. So you can find us on our Facebook. Uh, obviously, Womp as well. You can actually find on womp.com.au. We have – Fuels has an artist profile on Facebook, which you can connect with us. That's Fuels Music Artist. And also on Instagram, FeelsOfficial underscore. Um, but our music is also on Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, and most major platforms. Yep. Um, so, yeah, connect with us on social media. That's definitely the best way. Send us a message. Do whatever. You can check out our new single as well. Yes, yes. One. Give it a plug. Yeah, it's called Bad For Me featuring Missy. She was a singer that we connected with at in New Zealand when we recently went over for um, Rebel Studios 
the residency there. So yeah, you can check that one out. It's definitely a little bit of us dipping our toe into the pop realm. Uh, So yeah, check it out. (laughs) Very cool. Well, Rosie, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it, especially given how much you're doing here. I I know it it really does mean a lot to me and I'm so glad that we were able to connect. And um, Yeah, I'm on it. Thank you. Yeah, no, thank you. I really, and um, for anyone that's listening, I encourage you, go follow Feels, go check them out because obviously the story is great and you're going to really enjoy the music, but their branding, uh, you know, their content on social media, they've got this really unique look, which I love as well. I remember the performance and the jumpsuits. Uh, I'm not going to say any more. Check them out. You won't be disappointed. And this isn't going to be the last you're going to hear of Feels or Womp and um, all of these amazing artists that they're helping and working with as well and continuing to develop and grow. And that's what, that's what it's all about. Keep helping each other. Mm-hmm. That was a long spill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Excellent.